Thank you, RDL Truck Center, and thank you, Gate City Bank, for making the Dan Hammer Show possible here from Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. If you want to hop aboard today, you can do so anytime. All access all the time at 237-5948-1-800-880-5346. Or you can shoot me a text at 35270, keyword Dan or Hammer Time. You'll be listening to the game tomorrow here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Scott Miller, Phil Hansen, and Jeremy Jorgensen. Others of you will be uh, watching the game as well. And the man who will be... The analyst for the uh, broadcast tomorrow on ESPN2 is our next guest here on the Dan Amer Show, and that is Ahmad Brooks, the analyst tomorrow afternoon here in Frisco. Ahmad, thanks for your time today. Problem. Always a pleasure to be on with the home team. And um, I just I've got some catchy advertising you got there with the hammer time. Now, is there any footage of you actually doing the MC Hammer, Dan? That would be my question to you. You know what, Ahmad, that is a often asked question, but yet the same answer that I give is there aren't really people who want to see me dance. <laughs> Great response, and I can respect that indeed as a person who can't dance. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, are, are you in place here? i, I got to imagine you're in, you're in Frisco? Yes, sir. I'm actually sitting outside of the stadium, and if, I, if I'd have known you guys were here, I would have just came on. With you oh, guys so sitting outside the stadium, waiting for um, open practice, and um, yeah, the, the, I've been here since yesterday, and, and looking forward to calling what I think is going to be um, just a fantastic game to, to end the football year here in the FCS. You have seen NDSU a couple of times. What has most impressed you about them as you guys have got to uh, see a couple of their games in person? Oh, well, it's, it's hard to describe. Um, to people what it's like before having experienced the whole Fargo experience and being around this program. But I, I, I tried to sum it up on air several weeks ago just by saying that this program recruits winners. And, I, you know, there's one thing to be said when you start looking at stats and, you know, for even a guy like me who's an analyst, when you look at numbers, um, those things can impress you. But there's one stat that, you know, that you don't account for, and that's hard, and that's the way people play, and when you have winners like that, their will is just a lot greater, and and so I, I think from the first thing that I noticed was that this is a team that plays together, um, this is a community that is 100% behind them, that's evident in the way they travel here to the game, and it has just been a really neat experience for me, being a guy who comes from the FBS level, playing at the University of Texas, where I think there's um, what most would consider some fan interest and a big-time program that, um, you know, there's no question about it that North Dakota State is, is one of those programs that I admire and I just love being around. And, and I, I think that was my first impression, that, that this is a team, um, first and foremost, that's going to play together, something that you can't account for, but that you're more than likely going to see every time they hit the field. Ahmad Brooks joining us today. Ahmad is the analyst tomorrow on ESPN2. Ahmad, uh, for Bison fans who are listening, and obviously our audience is made up predominantly of, of Bison fans, they may be a little bit curious about your take on Jacksonville State. So let's do that. Uh, what sticks out to you first and foremost, a couple things, when you have prepared for Jacksonville State? Their offensive power. I, I think that's, that's pretty clear when you look at their All-American quarterback, Eli Jenkins. Um, they've got a, a talented um, group of skilled players, especially their starters. When you look at Tremaine Pope, uh, Pope they're running back at 5'9", 205. Can, he's a home run hitter, can take it the distance. Um, the fastest player on their team. 
And when that doesn't work for them, whether it's Jenkins or Pope running, they've got a player on the edges that wins one-on-one matchups when the ball's in the air and wide receiver Josh Barge. Uh, and, and I think what stands out to you is that, you know, this is not a team that has played great uh, defensively throughout the postseason. But no, they, they have haven't. an offense that can outscore you. And, you know, and, and I think I, I think for anybody watching, yeah, I don't, I don't think that North Dakota State will be overwhelmed with what they have defensively. Um, I think what it's going to come down to is the matchup. Um, how well can they stop this offense? And can North Dakota State's offense really control the clock? Give the defense a breath like they've done the last two postseason games. And then, you know, that allows them to play fresh because they're going to need it taking on an offense that I'm telling you. Maybe one of the most explosive offenses in all throughout the country. That's FBS and FCS level. You know, when I look at it, uh, I look at a couple things, uh, and one of them you hit right there. The other thing I look at, Ahmad, is NDSU historically, and I'm going back now to their very successful Division II days when they won a number of national championships, and uh, now in this run in FCS. Uh, when they are winning football games, they are out physically. The, the physicality check has gone their direction. I mean, as you've studied Jacksonville State's defensive line, do you think that they can withstand the punch that they're going to take tomorrow, play after play after play, and and for a number of minutes? Uh, how do you see that matchup? Because I I think that's a huge matchup. As much as you you know you you say the matchup between Jacksonville State and their skilled players offensively against the Bison defense, I, I wonder if India if, if NDSU has an edge with the offensive line against Jacksonville State's defensive line. Dan, I think it's a great question, and and when I say the what I thought the edge would be in the game, that's when both of those offenses are on. I mean, I think right. I think that's the unit for the, the Gamecocks that'll win the game. But I, I'm about to do a sports center hit, and the thing that will be the difference. What I love is these are two. This is a an old fashioned running attack versus a modern running attack with the way that Jacksonville State used it. And I will tell you this: I have not seen a team, and I've caught a lot of games at the FBS level this year where you just line up and you know what's coming. And I can tell you this much, that power game that um, North Dakota State has, this is nothing that Jacksonville State has seen all year long. Now, they've seen teams that have that package, but not this style of play where they line up, you know exactly where the ball's going, and as you said, they're going to out-physical you at the point of attack. And King Frazier, with the way that he's been running the last couple weeks, He's also putting an emphasis and an exclamation point on a physical run game. You know that the offensive linemen for North Dakota State like to muck it up, get nasty, and be physical. But now when you have a presence like King with the way that he's running, that will be the difference in the game because the key to the ball game for me, the overall key for North Dakota State, is to control the clock. And you control the clock by doing what they've done the last two, two times out, running the ball down an opponent's throat, um, sustaining drives throughout the course of a game, and I don't know if there's a better team in football that can close at the end of the game the way that North Dakota State has, particularly you look at that 16-play drive uh, at the end of the last ball game. I mean, that's, that's what dreams are made of as a coach. If you've got a team that can wear opponents down at the point of attack, and for the Gamecocks, if, if, if I'm them, my main concern is how do I stop the power running game for the Bison? 
Ahmad Brooks will be the analyst tomorrow on ESPN2. Ahmad, of course, the big storyline all week long and, and, and for the last couple of weeks has been the NDSU quarterback situation. We're going to hear from Carson Wentz uh, for the first time since its injury in the press conference that starts in about 18 minutes. I want you to play head coach right now. If you were the head coach and you have seen the body of work that Easton Stick has put on the table since he replaced Carson Wentz, and if Carson Wentz is is 100%, what are you doing tomorrow with your quarterback situation? That's the million-dollar question, Dan. And, you know, I'll go out on a limb here and say that from every indication that I've gotten from Easton Stick and the feel that I get from this young man's game, he's a superstar in the making. So I don't think you can necessarily make a bad decision. But if it were me, I stick with the freshman. I stick with the guy that got us here. I stick with the guy that I really saw develop versus Richmond. You know, I, I hear the talk about Carson Wentz, and keep in mind, I've never seen this kid live, but I've seen him on tape. He's got that live, powerful arm that every quarterback dreams of having. But there are some intangibles that I think Easton Stick is showing early on in his career that make you think that this kid could leave the program being the winningest program, I mean, the winningest quarterback in the history of this program, which is saying a lot. What are those intangibles? What what are those intangibles that you've seen, Ahmad, out of out of Easton Stick? Well, it's things that I haven't seen, Dan, to be frank with you. I, I hear the stories of him being a gym rat. I hear the stories of him being stuck in the film room and locking himself in there and really focusing. And then what you see on the film when I watch is a guy that has complete command at the line of scrimmage. I think he's getting his team into the right place. And, and they've said it, we we are giving him more because he can handle more. And his development and his ascension, I believe, to the top of FCS is one of the top quarterbacks, has been because this kid is growing. He's very humble. He's listening to Carson Wentz, who's in his ear, who, you know, as you know, their great relationship, I think, is also a part of that. But I think that I think that you are seeing a superstar. I think you're seeing a guy that is a program changer. No disrespect to Carson Wentz. And, and I think that his toughest challenges are behind him. So this is just a matter of can he can he handle this environment? We've seen this kid; he's very poised. Um, his demeanor is perfect for the position and to play at this level of football. So, um, I, I, with all due respect to Carson, and I know some fans are saying, "How could you say that?" I just think that this kid, from what I've seen, um, should remain the starter because he's earned the job. Well, I, I personally agree with you, Ahmad, and I think it's a split decision out there among the fan base. But I, I think if you, uh, you know, if if you're viewing it from a coach's position, and you're looking at the entire uh, team and what gives us the best chance to win, not to say that Carson Wentz can't go out and win the football game tomorrow if he has that chance, but do. You, do you stick with the guy who's got you here that has proven he can play on the stage and, and not disrupt the apple cart in any way? And I, I personally agree with you. I, even though, even though it, it seems like, you know, more opinions are trending the other way. Yeah, and, it, and it's a tough decision because, you know, this game, if, if Carson Wentz and uh, Eli Jenkins were going at it, I would think that it would be hard to argue that that's the two best quarterbacks in FCS. You've got your best dual threat quarterback in Eli Jenkins and perhaps your best pocket passer that this, that really this the FCS has seen in a while. This kid can really spin it once he can. And so I understand the hype behind it, but like I said, I, I mean, just the, the job that this freshman has done, he's been sick. In, in my mind, I think now the team has rallied behind him. That's evident. And in this defense right now, is playing 
as good as they have all year long. And I think that's because they also feel the burden of playing with a freshman quarterback. I, I played with Chris Sims at the University of Texas, and we had a top-five defense. There is a burden when you play with a young freshman quarterback on the defense because you know you can't give up points. And not only that, you've got to help this young kid grow into a playmaker. And I think that's what this defense has done the first three weeks of the postseason. Ahmad, thanks for the insight. Uh, good stuff here as we head toward kickoff tomorrow just after 11. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks for the insight. And thank you for your time today, Ahmad. Really appreciate it. Pleasure's all mine. And I look forward to calling the game, Dan. You have a good one. All right. You too. Ahmad Brooks, the analyst tomorrow here on the uh, national television broadcast.